Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Matt Rice, and Chris is not here this week. Wait, hold on a second. Chris Bartlett is not here this week, but Chris Wesley is here this week. We both worked in the youth ministry for a really long time, and as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Chris Wesley, who are you? Who am I? Wow, that's a that's a deep question right there. Um, <laughs> you can take it as deep as you want. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm gonna. I feel really prepared for this question, and I'll, I'll explain it in a moment. But let me answer that first. Uh, I am someone who loves to laugh. I really enjoy life. My two sons, Matthew and Benjamin, are an extension of me. Matthew's very emotional, yet loves people and benjamin is so wild and hilarious and he cracks me up so much i've got a wonderful beautiful wife uh for me i enjoy things like writing i love sitting on my back porch smoking a cigar drinking whiskey on a nice day baseball is my jam uh and survivor and on top of that i am a youth ministry consultant with Marathon Youth Ministry. I'm a full-time director of youth ministry at a local parish here in Baltimore, Maryland. On top of all those other things that I said that I love, I absolutely um, love youth ministry. I love what God has done in my life. And because of him, um, I have had a full life filled with pain and filled with joy. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's who I am. That's who I am. Yeah, pain and joy. That's yeah. right. That's, that's kind of what ministry feels like <laughs> yeah. almost every single day. Definitely. It doesn't matter if you work in uh, in whatever ministry setting you work in, whether it's as a DRE or as a pastor, youth minister, whatever. Right. Pain and joy is kind of the MO for, yeah, the, the job role. Definitely. So our, our audience is a mixed audience. You know, we, uh, most of the people that we know work in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. But what you wanted to talk about today is something that is across the board. Anybody in ministry leadership needs to be paying attention to these things. And one of them is professional development, and the other one is self-advocacy. Yeah. So where would you want to start today? Uh, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about self ad. They kind of intertwine, but let's let's start yeah. with self advocacy. Um, you know, and actually, the reason I loved the question and answered it well because I was prepared for it is because. I read this somewhere, I forget where I read it, but where when you ask the question, you know, who are you? Um, yep. We mostly respond with, what do you do, right? Yep. So yep. it's like, hi, I'm Chris Wesley, I'm a youth minister, or hi, I'm, I'm Matt Rice, I'm, I'm founder of uh, Ablaze Ministry, uh, yep. where really it's uh, like, who are you as a person if all those things are stripped away? And uh, when it comes to knowing ourselves as leaders, whether it's in youth ministry or, or another industry, I think it's really important to have uh, a self-awareness of who we are, you know, and yep. uh, who you are, like your being, not your doing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and maybe like I get a little too obsessed with things like Myers-Briggs and I'm right now reading a book on the Enneagram. Um, you know, I've studied the DISC, uh, Strength Finders, all those different things. And, and maybe I get a little bit lost in those things. Um, and my wife, who's in human resources, she loves those things too. Um, but I really think before you even start thinking about revamping, rebuilding, or, or even starting from scratch a, a ministry, it's understanding who you are as a leader and who Amen. you are as an individual. Because along those ways, and you're not going to have it figured out, but start learning those things. Because as you go along the journey, you're going to understand why certain things scare the crap out of you, why certain things... Um, hold you back and 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 why you feel drawn to certain decisions over other decisions. 
And for anybody that's listening that wants a shortcut, there's no such thing. Yeah. Um, you, you, are, you are going to continue to learn who you are and about yourself over your entire life. And then you, you may look up 20 years later, look back and like, oh, that's why I did what I did, you know, 10 years ago is because of this. This is this aspect of who I am. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And um, I mean, I've tried shortcuts. <laughs> I think we still <laughs> we still try them. But uh, yeah, there, there are no shortcuts. You know, it's interesting because when we do uh, with Marathon Youth Ministry, when we work with a client, whether it's individual coaching or one of our cohorts, we really start talking about like we look at things like schedules. We look at things like, uh, you know, priorities, uh, because I think those are the two things, two areas that will really uh, dictate um, how your ministry grows and, and, and whether your ministry grows or not. Um, if yep. you have a disorganized schedule, you're not you're not doing a good job of managing your time, and unmanaged time leads to chaos. Yeah, absolutely. And knowing yourself will help you create a schedule that works for you as well. Mm -hmm. Because what what works for an introvert is not going to work for me. Right. Um, I don't need those big blocks of private alone time. That actually would <laughs> decrease the amount of energy that I have for the work that I do. And so the more you know yourself, the better you're going to be able to set your schedule and set yourself up for success moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, and, and Matt, you know this by managing a bunch of youth ministers, right? We're, we're so caught in the busyness. In fact, when we jump into youth ministry or just church ministry in general, there's that awkward first or second day if your parish doesn't have an onboarding process, which most don't. Uh, there's that first or uh, first awkward day where you're sitting there wondering what you're doing and what happens because there's a lack of direction is you start to put things on your plate, right? And if you've never yeah. done youth ministry before, you're putting things on your plate that you don't know what they are. Like imagine going, uh, actually, I remember going to Austria a couple of years ago. And we stayed in this um, monastery that had been converted into like a, a retreat center. And at the buffet, they had all these things that I had no clue what they looked like, uh, what they were. They looked like different variations of cabbage or coleslaw. You know, I, I love col I like fermented foods. I, I love uh, coleslaw and, and everything. And I started picking, picking it up, putting it on my plate, realizing half of them were just disgusting. Right. Absolutely. Foul. And, yep. you know, that's what happens to us in youth ministry. We're like, oh, this looks good. This looks good. This looks good. This looks good. And we put it on our plates and people see us put it on the plates and they think we know what we're doing. I mean, uh -huh. you know, and even when I went from Nativity to St. Joe's um, as a parish youth minister, um, starting over, there were things I was putting on my plate that I shouldn't have originally because I thought, oh, I can handle this or I know what this yeah. is like. And quickly, fortunately, I learned that I had to get those things off my plate. This happens with priests. Yeah. This happens with anybody in any ministry um, leadership. And because you, in a way, there's a part of this that maybe pride is I need to look like I know what I'm doing. Right. So I'm going to start doing this, right. you know, and this and that. And even in Austria, you, you, everybody looked at you and think, oh, this guy must be very cultured. He must like all this stuff. No, they all knew nope. I was a dumb American. So, you know, <laughs> it was legit. But, uh, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're right. People think you know what you're doing. And, um, and that's why I think the most important step for a new youth minister or say you're a, a college student or someone discerning into ministry, talk to someone who's been in the trenches. Yeah. Ask them, it's the cliche question, but I think it's one of the best questions. What do you wish you had known in your first two years of youth ministry uh, that you learned later on? Like, what are those things that you wish you knew 
when you were younger or when you had started. I'm willing to bet that the majority of those men and women will say, take your time, put yourself in a, a prayerful state where you're just going to God and really just approach ministry methodically. And so, yeah, the first thing, the first big mistake that we make is we just jump in and fill that plate because we feel like having an empty plate is actually a bad thing. We're really getting stuck in the food analogy and I'm starting to get hungry here. But like, <laughs> you know, if you think about a plate, right? Uh, Doctors will tell you not to fill up your plate completely, you know, or to fill it up with really good things over the, the bad things. And it's the same thing with our time, right? You want to make sure that you're putting what's most important there first. That's right. Absolutely. I'm still going back to the knowing yourself and knowing the food and all that stuff. You, you won't really know what your gifts are meant for until you've been there for a while and in what gifts coordinate and work with the other gifts that are already there at the parish because the care like wherever you're working has charisms of itself and has a mission of its own and so you may put something on there that doesn't work with the the mission of the church either because that, i mean there are things that are going to be on your plate that someone else put there right. that you have to you have to deal with you know and they have to coordinate with each other we're still using this food analogy yeah, you gotta still eat vegetables you gotta eat your vegetables <laughs> and people will uh wisely put vegetables on your plate god will put those vegetables on your plate right like that's right finish his prayer i don't know let's not get lost <laughs> in that. but like yeah. you know um even if you feel swamped right now like you're on the verge of burnout if you've especially if you've gone through a rough season the best thing you can do is to take that step back and you know and i do this like i will i have a spreadsheet on my computer where i just look back at not my calendar, but my schedule, right? My calendar is specific things are happening on like May 6th or June 18th or, you know, September 14th. But uh, for me, my schedule is what Sunday through Saturday should look like. And that's when I go back and I look and I'm like, okay, this, when I was in a clear state of mind, this is what I thought my week should be. What's the reality and what needs to be changed? Um, and, and that kind of gives me that refocus um, for the week. Great. You mentioned something earlier that, you know, when someone is discerning youth ministry, they need to seek out someone who's experienced and been in the trenches. Um, and I know that that obviously you meant for that with everybody, but I think priests, like even seminarians discerning the priesthood should ask the same thing of their, their pastor, their um, parish priest of a trusted, you know, newly ordained priest a couple of years in, mm -hmm. ask them. Um, sometimes if you ask the 40-year veteran, they may f have forgotten what those first two years felt right. like. Um, but yeah, make sure that in, no matter what field you're in, that you're asking. And even like volunteers, if you're if you're a new volunteer-led ministry and you're the, you're the new leader of that, you know, you want to make sure and ask the previous volunteer and other people that are in the field to get a sense of what do I need to know for my first year? Well, and what you guys do at Ablaze is, is perfect because you're creating this apprenticeship model, right? I would say to anyone listening to this who's either thinking of getting into ministry or, or, or just re revamping, look for internship opportunities. And, yes. you know, I, I love Focus. I, I love Net Ministries and everything like that. But look to see if you can intern at your local parish or at a local parish. In fact, if you want to intern for, for me um, at St. Joseph's in Cockeysville, even if you're from out of state, we've got housing. You can intern for me for a year, uh, and I'd love to teach you about ministry. Uh, just you know, go to marathonyouthministry.com and reach out to us. But like, basically, if you want to like look for those internship opportunities where you can get your fingers into it and get your uh, you know hands dirty and uh, 
and without the without the consequences and, and really kind of ease yourself into that. And I think too many times we throw someone and it's not just even young people, but just throw someone into a position and say, all right, go ahead, go at it. And uh, they end up being reactionary. Um, they end up, um, you know, making a lot of poor decisions because we don't give them the time to methodically think about how to build or intentionally build that that ministry. And it really, um, you, you put yourself in a position where um, when you stop acting professional, you know, which is one of the things we're, we're, we're talking about here. And also you forget how to advocate for yourself because yeah. you keep saying yes and you lose sense of who you are as leader and who your ministry is, what the vision and mission God is giving your ministry and even your parish. Yeah, absolutely. So advocating for yourself, this may be a decent transition. Yeah. Um, if there's something that I put on my plate that I need off, that, then there's an, that's an area of advo- advocacy. I need, to, I need to advocate that I need this off my plate. Right. Um, how do I do that? All right. So, I mean, it comes back to why, you know, um, why do you need that off your plate? Is it because you don't know, let's use a program that you've inherited for the church and not, not like your faith formation or religious ed, something that you have to do, but maybe it's like an, an added program and you, you're just, you're like, you know what, I need to get rid of this. You need to be able to say clearly the why behind that. And if the why is a selfish reason of like, I just don't see the value in it or I don't like it, that's legitimate. That is legitimate. <laughs> don't try to yeah. dan- dance around it. Where we get in trouble with advocacy or defending ourselves is when we try to think what the other people want to hear, right? Yeah. When or I, if we think we're being selfish right. like that, you know, like I don't want to do it. Well, that's a, I don't need to do it. Well, God works with your desires. Right. You know, and that's and God doesn't want what you don't want, right. you know, as long as it's ordered. That's a godly thing that we have. Right. And just because the, your predecessor, that was a passion of theirs, doesn't mean it's a passion of yours. And that's perfectly fine. Right. So if you want to advocate for something to take off your plate, you need to be honest about why that is. Does it make you overwhelmed? Is it out of your strengths? Right. Like I would advocate all the time never to plan a bus for anything because for some reason, booking a bus, as simple as booking a bus, drives me crazy. It gives me anxiety. But I know I need them for retreats. I know I need them for mission trips. I know I need them for... You know. Hold on a second. Booking a bus? Booking a bus gives me the heebie-jeebies. You know, it's like... <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't know. And... Um, <laughs> You know, How do you mess it up? I mean, what is it? Like, do you book the wrong size, well, book the wrong date? No, or It's never, well, so, and I've had some, not bad bus stories, but like I ordered a 55 passenger bus once to take kids out to Steubenville, uh, to, you know, uh, Franciscan University. And, and I specifically needed a 55 passenger bus. We literally had like 52 people on that bus and they sent a 48 passenger bus. Oh my gosh. And oh my you know, gosh. they were in the wrong and they made it right, but we ended up being two hours late. Right. And this wow. is like a, you know, a six hour drive, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. From, from Baltimore. Um, there have been times where certain bus companies make you book a room for the bus driver and, yep. and some don't. Um, I try yeah. to go with the ones that don't because like, I know that I'm willing to sleep in a motel six. I don't know if my bus driver wants that because when I ask the bus companies, you know, what hotels do you usually book? They're like, Oh, whatever, you know? And I'm like, you're not uh-huh. helpful. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, and it's just, and you don't want to make your bus driver mad. Right. And then you know, I don't so know if I'm pricing out buses enough and you know, it's just like, yeah. so this is not an area that you're gifted. 
So, but but it's also not an area that you would quit, right? Well, it's a necessity. If I have to get like more than five people <laughs> or like seven people, you know, from point A to point B, I need to get a bus. But yeah. that's where, you know, it's a silly example, but that's what I dele- delegate now to, I have an admin assistant in, in the local parish that I work at now. Or before, oh man, it was just, it was so stressful. And even when she asks me questions about buses, I'm like, stop, Pat, just just do it. You know what to <laughs> just do. do it. You know I'm an idiot when it comes to this stuff. Like You go into the fetal position when she yeah, starts talking about yeah, buses. Yeah, you know, I can ask for pay raises um, in a recession, but I can't order a bus, all right? So if you want to talk about advocating for pay raises and like- That'll be rates, next. I'll do that. But don't ask me to advocate for a bus for your ministry. I, like, yeah, that's, that's not included in the coaching package. <laughs> that's funny. But no, what you, what you brought up is a really good point because we were talking about the, the need to let go of a ministry, but it may, there may be a, that it means to be delegated mm-hmm. more than uh, canceled. Right. So right. you're not going to cancel getting buses. You're not going to whittle, whittle you know, your <laughs> group down to five people just so you don't have to mess with the bus. <laughs> we want this to be really intimate. <laughs> yeah, that's my goal yeah. here. Um, my real goal is just not to have to get a bus. Right. Um, but you delegated that. And so advocating to be able to delegate that. So if, if you're doing something that you've always done, let's say the parish has you doing the Easter egg hunt, you know, for... Um, Easter and and they have the youth ministry doing it just because they've always done it or because I don't know why. Um, It may be that you're not advocating that it doesn't happen, but you're advocating that either someone else does it or you delegate it to someone else. And so that's, uh, that's advocacy as well, because they may say, no, you've always done this. This is what you do. It's like, "Ah, I really, you know, do I need to be doing this? Well, right. And that comes back to knowing who you are. Right. So, um, you know, I love uh, Stephen Covey was well known for his analogy of the big rocks, right. Knowing what your big rocks are. Those are the things that you tackle first. Right. So as a youth ministry, as a church, know your vision and mission, right. Know, know what's most important, what God is calling you to do. Um, Then, you know, look at the, like, when it comes to your specific roles as a leader or even as your ministry, what are the most important things that you need to do? Um, when it comes to religious ed- education, our most important thing to do is to catechize, is to preach the gospel, is to share with the next generation our faith. Uh, Easter egg hunts, <laughs> bus trips to uh, wherever, <laughs> uh, lock-ins and everything, those can feed into your vision and mission but they might not necessarily be a part of that. And so if you are in a situation where your play is completely full and you need to advocate that something gets taken off of it, then you need to be able to go to your pastor, your business manager, whoever is uh, the person you're in charge of and say, listen, this is a good thing that we do, but really it's, it, it's, it's distracting us from the important things that we need to do, right? It's mm-hmm. knowing the difference between important and, and urgent. So as a leader, you have to know yourself, you have to know your ministry, you have to know your church. Yep, absolutely. Um, and the, um, it may be that what, what takes you, you know, days to do, like booking a bus, um, <laughs> may take someone else an hour to do. <laughs> You know, and so it may just be like a prudent use of the parish resources to say, hey, I am not skilled at this. 
I'm, I'm great in these other areas. This person would be great at doing this and would do it in a lot less time than me. And it would be more efficient to do it that way. I'm so glad you mentioned that too, because that's uh, a disservice we do to people, right? Is when mm -hmm. they ask us to do something and we tell them yes, even though we can't. I've had so yeah. many um, volunteers and employees in my life, uh, too many, uh, I should say, not so many, but too many who have come up to me and said yes. And then I later realized that they just don't have the competency for it, right? Because they were so worried about letting me down uh, that they weren't able to get the supplies, plan a program, you know, uh, order the bus, you know, for the things that I needed. And I tell them every time, I'm like, if you feel overwhelmed, you got to let me know because I can delegate this to someone else. If you need help or there's something you don't understand, you have to let me know because I might not have communicated it clearly enough. Uh, and what I tell them is that gives me feedback on, you know, things that they can do and how I can support them, but also things that I need to do to improve. Yeah. Well, you brought up something that we have to touch on, and I think it might take the rest of our time, okay. is advocating for a pay raise. Yes. Um, you mentioned it, and, and we may not get to the whole professional development side of this this episode. We may have to bring you back on when the other Chris is here sure. as well. Or maybe you can have a Chris and Chris episode. Yeah, hey, um, hey I'm open to that. But, uh, but yeah, so advocating for a pay raise. You say that's super easy for you. Um, it's not easy for everybody. Well, I, I shouldn't say Why it's is it super easy. easy. Otherwise, I'd be rolling <laughs> in dough right now. <laughs> no, um, but go, yeah, sorry, you were going to... Uh, Totally jumped on your sentence, but no, no, that's perfectly fine. But yeah, no, so I, I should go ahead. I should say, um, and, and again, this is where I have, and I'm not saying that every youth minister should marry someone in HR. Um, there's such a downside to it too, but the upside of it is uh, the advice she can give me on on some of these things, right? So again, it comes back to knowing yourself, knowing your value, right? Um, so many times we, um, we go to a raise, uh, or at, we, you know, we, we feel the, we feel the burden of ministry, you know, ministry is not a high paying job. If, if you want the six figures plus, you know, and everything go to, um, you know, go to a different industry. But, um, I do believe that youth ministers, um, or church workers, um, should be paid a different salary. And it's not that necessarily that priests are holding back but you have to give him, you have to give your pastor or your business managers the language that says, this is why you're worth the investment, right? So for me, um, we don't do, <laughs> I've never worked at a church that does an annual review, all right? And this includes Nativity and St. Joseph's, right? And I know I'm throwing everyone under the bus in this. We never did an annual review. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. I, I would say that's the, that's, pretty much the norm, right? Is that? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I've never worked in a church that did that either. Right. So we have um, a, we, ha we have a tool um, at Marathon Youth Ministry that is like a self-assessment tool. And um, what I've been doing for the last couple of years is filling that out, emailing it to my pastor saying, Hey, give me your thoughts on, on this. And then let's have a conversation. So it's a SWOT analysis and it's setting a couple goals. And we have that conversation. Uh, I send it out once a year, but I try to have that same conversation at least four times a year. Is that tool freely available for anybody listening? Uh, you know what? We can make it available for for your listeners. Um, uh, do you have a sub subscription list? Yeah. yeah, we'll give we'll give them. A link. I'll give you yeah. a link and a promo code for that. But uh, yeah, Perfect. so so basically, um, what you do is um, you send that out, 
you fill it out, you send it out, and, and you've got to know it. You really get, you just don't fill it out quickly and send it to them. But send it out and say, hey, you want to have a conversation. And then over the span of the year, talk to them about four times. And so this is how it looks for me. In the fall, around or right before programming starts, August, September-ish, I'll sit down with him and say, hey, this is what I'm planning for the year. He's already received received the goals and everything. And it's just kind of like a touch base of, hey, reminder, this is what I'm doing. This, these are some of the things I'm tweaking. Then um, around um, January, we have another conversation because for us, our fiscal year is July 1st, right? Uh, so January, I know that we've gotten past Christmas. And if I'm feeling like I need a raise, and I don't ask for a raise every single year, mm-hmm. but if I'm feeling like uh, I'm due for a raise, in January, I'll sit down and I'll say, okay, this is what we've accomplished thus far. This is still what we need to do. Um, it's actually a time where I say, hey, these are some of the things that we need for the ministry to succeed, or these are the things that I didn't figure out. It's kind of giving him uh, just a recap uh, on where you are. And if there's a, a point for a raise, I'm like, hey, listen, you know, to go where we need to go, I'm going to have to work a little bit harder. There's a little bit more that I'm going to need to bring. And, and I just want to give you the heads up on that. I allow the pastor then to, um, to speak into that and say like, yeah, you've done a good job. Um, and if he says, yeah, you've done a good job, that's usually a green light for saying like, okay, I can ask for something more. And, and I said, I don't know what's in the budget for next year. I know we aren't planning the budget right now. So you acknowledge the fact that there's a lot of unknown, but I would love for you to consider giving me a, a raise so that I can continue to do the work that this church is asking me to do. And um, it's not threatening. It's not saying like I'm, I'm stepping away. And sometimes I even throw that out depending on who I'm talking to. I'm like, I'm not leaving. I'm not planning on leaving. I just, I just know for, for, to continue to support me and my family and, and, and this initiative, um, I would love for a raise. And then I check in around this time of year, which this time of year, uh, if you're listening later, is March, um, April-ish. And, um, and this is right in the heart of when our budget process is going on. So know your budget process. That's another thing I think that's important. And um, this is where I have a sense of how our church is doing financially. Now, I'm not like sitting down with a business manager saying like, hey, give me all the numbers, right? Because some aren't going to do that. But, you know, uh, it's just, it, it's something, there, there are ways of having that conversation or that relationship where I'm like, okay, you know what, we got to adjust this here or adjust this there. So this is where I check in with the pastor and I say, you know, um, give him another report and start talking about the summer. Um, yep. And uh, again, a recap. And I might um, ask him uh, again about the raise, depending on how the first conversation going is said again, love for you to consider giving me a raise uh, for the next fiscal year. And then around the end of the fiscal year, that's when I send them my next set of goals. Um, yep. And hopefully by that time you've gotten an answer about your raise. So if you don't get the raises, don't be afraid to say, uh, say thank you. Thank him for considering it. I mean, if he sends you an email, uh, respond to that. If he says it in person, respond to that. If it's a letter, you know, you don't, you don't need to. Uh, but like, uh, just say thank you for considering, um, you know, the raise and and move on. Now, if you do, then go for it again next year, you know. And if it ends up being like three years without a raise, um, and you've asked for that raise, and you're starting to feel that financial pressure, you know, that's when you have to say like, listen, I just want to understand. Am I not doing something? Am I not performing up to, to, to value? I've been here three years, six years, however long now. And I would love to um, just kind of understand what I can do to improve. 
or is there another area about that? And engage in a conversation about the budget. Cause he might say like something like, we just don't have the finances to do that. Or you know what? Like I have these other projects there. And then that gives you the power and the understanding of the decision that you need to make. Right. Yeah. Then you need to decide like, okay, it doesn't look like this parish is financially stable. So I have to look for, for something else. Or um, it doesn't look like this is a priority. So I've got to understand, um, you know, something else and, 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 or understand like what my next move is. And so use yeah. that conversation to help you there. Absolutely. And I would say if you're thinking about when should I ask for a raise? So if you're a, like fresh out of college, first year youth minister, and you've done ministry for a year, probably not the right time. After the next year, though, I would say you, you might be getting there yeah. um, because you're, you're a two, you've had two years of experience in youth ministry. And if they were to try to hire a two-year experienced youth ministry versus a brand new out-of-college youth minister, they definitely have to hire at a, at a higher level. Right. Um, and here's the other thing. Don't go low. Don't go, I mean, don't go astronomically high. And it's the same thing when you're interviewing for the job. Like, allow people to counter offer. If they say no, that's too high then say, okay, is there something you see suitable? Or what it was, what, what were you thinking for this raise or for this salary? And then again, use that information to make a judgment call. And if you feel confident, counteroffer their counteroffer, you know, and, uh, and, and it's all right, especially if they like you, especially if they're afraid of losing you, which a lot of parishes are afraid of losing their employees because it's hard to hire and rehire. So um, yes. yeah. And if they're in a groove and if they've been able to see, like if you've done what Christopher said to do, if you've been laying out the goals, achieving the goals and, and understanding why you didn't achieve some and all that throughout two years, they're going to be like flabbergasted and love you because nobody's doing that right. in ministry. Right. Definitely. Um, and so you're going to be a very good employee to keep around. Yeah. So I would say at two years and at least at three years, you need to be asking for a raise. And then potentially every two years after that for more than just inflation raise. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, inflation um, is not a raise. That's, that's. Yeah. That should be every year. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, great. We are definitely going to have to have you on for at the next episode. And I think this is going to be, this is great for everybody. Yeah. Um, this is something that Chris Bartlett has wanted to talk about for some time. And we may, you know, depending on what happens with the Facebook group, we may dive into this a little bit more. Definitely. What else do you want people to know about Christopher Wesley? Uh, yeah. So if you need uh, coaching or just someone to process, like how to grow in your ministry, how to sharpen um, your, your your toolbox and everything like that, reach out to us at MarathonYouthMinistry.com. Uh, we've got online courses we call The Huddle. Uh, we do group coaching through a cohort or individual coaching as well. And just reach out to us at MarathonYouthMinistry.com or our Facebook page, uh, which is Marathon Youth Ministry. Uh, you can find us also on Instagram at Marathon Youth Ministry as well. Any questions, just send them to questions at MarathonYouthMinistry.com. Perfect. And you guys can reach us at MLAPodcast.com, email at MLA at ablazeyouth.org. Please write us a review. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and for all those who need to be advocating for themselves. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless.